Hey guys, Brian Jodis here with a quick favor. If you haven't already, please subscribe to our show, rate and review it, and always share it with your friends. It helps us pick up the six around here, and we are so thankful for you for that. We're also thankful for our friends at OmniSend. OmniSend is an e-commerce marketing service, and they're on a mission to make e-commerce accessible to everyone. That means they're making it easier for small and medium-sized businesses to get new customers and start making sales right off the bat. We use OmniSend here at Pick Up the Six. Their marketing automation tools take care of those time-consuming and repetitive tasks. I love their platform. It's super intuitive with great email templates. It's got drag and drop features for building emails. You don't have to be a web coder to use OmniSend. We use it for our newsletter. Super simple. We love it. It's so easy to use and it looks really good. It, it delivers a real punch. Anyone with a great idea, an interesting product, and some business sense can now compete with the big guys. Are you ready to start increasing your sales, but not your workload? Visit Omnisend.com today and learn more. Thank you so much, Omnisend, for partnering up with Pick Up the Six. In early April, Army Captain Katie Hernandez went for a one-mile run in a bomb suit and set a world record along the way. Why she did it and what keeps her motivated in her journey of service before self and strength of purpose on today's Pick Up the Six podcast. Katie Hernandez, good afternoon. Welcome to Pick Up the Six. Hi, thank you for having me. I am thrilled about this one. I've been looking forward to this one for the last few weeks since I saw this story hit in April. I was like, I got to chase Katie down and see if I can get her on Pick Up the Six podcast. So just pumped to talk about this really cool thing that you did recently and, and get to know you a little bit. So really appreciate it. Yeah, of course. All right. So what leads you, girl from Buffalo, into the Army to begin with? So I don't have any family in the military, anything. I uh, actually got picked up by a recruiter uh, walking by one of his booths. And he's like, you look like you could do a pull up and win this T-shirt. And I was like, OK. Uh, so I did it. I got my T-shirt and he was like, all right, you're perfect for the army. Sign here. And that's how that started. Really? That was it? Like, just yep. like that? Yep. Did you have it? I mean, did you, you had to have some sort of feel about service and, you know, knowing what you're going to do to commit yourself to the nation. So I get the feeling there's a little bit more to it than just you could bang out a couple pushups, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I definitely, um, thought of the army as something that was very appealing to me, the discipline, the order, um, the physical fitness aspect of it. Uh, never expected to see myself in a uniform. Uh, and I remember calling my mom and telling her, you know, Hey, I joined the army. She started crying. It was a whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Like, are, are you serious? Yep. <laughs> yeah. This is happening. Uh, incredible. Uh, incredible to hear about that. So along the way, you know, you advance in your career, you become the commander of the military bomb squad, this bomb unit. So tell us what that is. I mean, what is that job like? Oh, my job's incredible. Currently, I am the commander of the 717th based out of Fort Campbell, Kentucky. And I've been in command for two years now. So getting ready to switch out. But the last two years have been pretty incredible. Um, we've done a couple rotations into Africa. Uh, we do a lot with the president and vice president. Obviously, we had the election this past year. So we did a lot for that. So it's been a very busy and crazy two years. But I'm very appreciative that I was able to have this opportunity. 
I mean, is the bulk of it kind of, you know, advancing in, ensuring things are safe, secure? What what is a what is a day in the life to the detail you can tell us? What's a day in the life of that like? Um, so a lot of our missions are to support any type of uh, the president or the vice president. And what we will do is we'll go ahead of time and we will search a room and we will basically find or function any any dangers or hazards that are there. Uh, so we also do a lot of luggage checking and uh, checkpoints. And we work with other three-letter agencies mm-hmm. with their bomb squads. So. So is it one of those deals? I mean, you know, as you're coming through the army, how does that, how does that path, does that path get placed before you? How, you know, how do you end up down that road? So I was originally branch ordinance. You have to be branch ordinance before you get into EOD explosive ordinance disposal. And I remember sitting in ordinance school and an EOD cat came in and he was like, you know, if anybody wants to blow things up for a living, meet me after class and I'll show you how to get there. And I was like, I don't know what he does, but he seems pretty cool. And I want to learn what he does. So uh, you basically try out um, and then you go to school down in Eglin, Florida for about a year. And uh, that's how you get certified. Wow. Incredible. All right. Nothing political here. What's it like being on these details after a year where, you know, the guy in the White House is transitioning out? Is, is there been are there changes? What's that? What's that all like? Um, it's always pretty wild when uh, you're going on president presidential VIPs, uh, very important people missions. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like I said, it just really ramped up this past year, especially you know with Trump and Biden, and um, we were definitely at all of the Republican and Democratic rallies. So it, it was a fun year. You get to see quite a bit, right? You get to see yep. quite a bit. I mean, yeah, in a hotly contested year, obviously we don't have to tell anybody that. You probably got to see a lot of different things happen from that standpoint, but always keeping the eye on the prize and what's important, which is defending that office, you know, regardless of who's in there, right? Your job is to get in there and defend, defend that office, defend this nation, you know, if you need to. All right. So if anybody's Googled it, if they've seen it, they might have a sense as to what these bomb suits look like, which is part of the job, right? So tell me a little bit about what goes into actually doing this job and part of that is the gear you have to wear yeah so the bomb suit that's one of the first tests that you do before you get into eod is they put you in a bomb suit and uh, they want to make sure that you can function in an 84 pound bomb suit and uh, i'm sorry that's my dog that's okay we got we got animals at the hernandez house no worries they're joining the pick up the six podcast we are a pet friendly sort of operation here. No problem at all. What's that? What's that canine's name? <laughs> this is Mr. Pickles. <laughs> My apology. Mr. Pickles has officially made the pick up the six airwaves, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, good to have him, Mr. Pickles. Yes. All right. So 84 pound bombs. I mean, what, what is this thing made of? What's it look like? What's it feel like? Um, it's pretty restrictive. I think the worst part is definitely, uh, around the chest area. Um, so like breathing becomes very difficult. And then the helmet, the helmet alone is 12 pounds. And, uh, once you put the visor down, it's kind of hard to breathe for, um, my run. I didn't have to run with the visor down though. So (laughs) the majority of physical activity that you would traditionally do while wearing that, right. You're not running a mile. What, what would an average, you know, engagement interaction with that thing on look like? 
Um, so when we're doing um, any type of training or even real missions, you can be in the bomb suit for hours. Um, basically, what you're doing is you're trying to defuse something, um, a hazard in the safest way possible. And a lot of times that has to be done in the suit. And so you're walking back and forth from the safe area down to the hazard, carrying things, um, even picking up pieces of ordnance, which can get pretty heavy. So um, you're definitely in there for a long time. <laughs> I want to talk about all the training that you constantly are doing to stay physically fit for this level of job. I know you're a fitness junkie, but there's got to be a lot that you do. But let's talk about setting the world record and running a one mile in the bomb suit. And like most things in life, there's a world record for, I guess, almost anything out there. So there was an existing record of running one mile in a full 84 pound plus whatever bomb suit. What was that existing record? So the existing record was set by my friend, Ashley Sorensen. Uh, she ran it in 1106. So that was the time to beat. Okay. So how does it get placed before you that, Hey, let's go try to, to, to beat this thing. And did you have to give her a heads up? Like, Hey, I'm coming, coming for the title. Uh, yeah, Ashley and I go way back. So it was very amicable. She was very supportive of the whole process. Um, but yeah, basically I, it showed up on my social media feed and I was like, Oh, I remember when Ashley did that, you know, six years ago, uh, why not give it a try? So that's how that started. So did you get a team around you? I mean, who, who are you talking through this with? I, I know you, you didn't train for it by yourself. You didn't prep for it by yourself. You had a team out there the day you did it. So walk, walk us, well, run us through, I guess what training looked like and who was there kind of picking up your six, helping you across the, the finish line in this thing. Yeah, so this journey started about 14 months prior to the actual event day, and uh, I couldn't have done it alone. Even just putting the suit on, it takes it takes a team, and I can't even express how supportive people in my unit, friends, family were. Um, they were constantly, you know, anything that I needed for them to support me. I you know, at minimum would have two people running with me at all times, people helping me pace, um, trying to be, uh, you know, I'm so sorry. Oh, he's um, got a toy back there. I see what's going on. He's got so many toys. No worries. So you got this whole team, right? It's helping you throughout the whole process. Yeah. And, uh, you know, my first sergeant, first sergeant Myers, he, he was probably one of my biggest fans and he mm -hmm. was out there every single time I was running and he was the one that ended up pacing me on game day. So, yeah. So listen, cardio important, right? One mile run. What is one thing? One mile run with that much weight on you is another. And we'll talk about the logistics of how you actually run with that thing on, but also strength training conditioning. And again, you guys go find Katie Hernandez on Instagram. You can see a ton of pictures, videos of her just absolutely freaking getting after it, crushing wads and, and workouts and stuff in the box. And man, just, I mean, getting after CrossFit, like out the wazoo, but there's gotta be a lot of strength training that goes in. So how did your training over those 14 months alter, if at all, to get ready for this thing? I would say I had a pretty decent base. Um, I've definitely had some coaches that were uh, great resources for me to bounce ideas off of as far as how to train for this, you know, cause I ran in the suit once a week um, around my normal strength and conditioning training. And every time I went out, I would run something different, uh, usually intervals at pace uh, and different distances. Uh, so I wasn't always running a mile. And then I'd say every other month or so I'd hit a mile just to see where I was at to make sure I was on track to, you know, mm -hmm. 
improving. Did you see though, you started seeing times kind of come down as you were hitting those barriers or hitting those markers? Yeah. So when I first started training, I was just running down the road and I would, you know, GPS in my Garmin and, and, uh, that was okay. But once I started getting a little more serious, probably within six months of the race, I started to hit the track and the track was very useful as far as just knowing the turns, when to pick it up, when I could, you know, slow down a little. Um, and, and so that helped a lot as well. Are you running on base or on post or are you just out in the general public? Because I would think, man, if you're driving down the street and you see somebody go running down the street in a bomb suit, you might get a little concerned. Yeah, so that was an interesting time. So <laughs> um, with COVID happening during this time, a lot of uh, public tracks were and schools were shut down. Mm. And then additionally, we had an incident in Nashville, the Nashville bombing. Right. Um, so after that, I was very cautious about where I was running in the bomb suit. Uh, I didn't want, you know, school kids, you know, looking out the window and seeing me running on a track um, or causing panic. So after that, I started just strictly running at uh, Fort Campbell. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So what's it like running with that thing on? Um, it's very restrictive. Uh, you definitely need to have a good mental capacity going into it. Um, cause a lot of it is mental, just trying to calm yourself down control your breathing, knowing that like, you know, you're, you're going to be fine. You're not, nothing bad's going to happen. You just, uh, sometimes you get a little claustrophobic after you start, you know, working up a sweat and your heart rate starts to spike. Mm -hmm. All right. So we get to event day, we got to beat 11 minutes. How did you feel going into did, did you have a pretty good sense you're going to be able to get there on day of? Yeah, I, you know, I had beaten the record a handful of times unofficially beforehand. So I was pretty confident. Uh, I had a goal in mind. Uh, I definitely wanted to try to run sub 10. And right beforehand, Sean Matson, he was supposed to be the male contender for this. Mm. And he had to drop out for medical reason. But he would have had this would have been his third attempt for the run. And what his demise was, he would go out too fast. Yeah, sure. And so uh, I looked at my first sergeant that day and I was like, hey, I know sub 10 would be amazing, but I only have to beat the record by one second. So let's not compromise the whole record because we're going to get greedy or selfish. So we, uh, we ran a little bit conservatively for the first couple laps, um, just to ensure that we would, you know, solidify the record. All right. And so where'd we come in at? Where'd we end up? Uh, 1023. 1023. So mm -hmm. pretty close to that 10 minute mark, but well under that 1107. I mean, my guess is going into that fourth and final lap, you, you knew where you were at. You knew where you were at time-wise. You knew where you, you would end up. So what was that last lap like? Oh, man, that last half lap, I was just like, please don't fall. <laughs> I was smiling. I was feeling good. Every, you know, my friends and family were there. And I was like, gosh, just don't trip. <laughs> yeah, that's a great, <laughs> that's a great point. If you just, yeah, you'd hate to eat it in that last Yep. <laughs> hundred meters, you know, coming around the corner and with the end inside, when, when you crossed it, you look at the time, you know, you got the time. What was that feeling like? Oh, I want, I was smiling. I was relieved. I wanted to like cry. There were so many emotions and everybody was there. Like I said, my, my family all flew in friends, Ashley, the previous record holder, she showed up to support. Um, it, it was incredible. And, uh, just like the support from even folks that I didn't even know and reaching out and being there was incredible. Yeah. 
it's really neat, right? When you when you go after something like this and you see the way people rally around it, there's been articles written about you and it's such a cool thing. And you're like, man, I, mean, I just kind of went out there to to do this thing. I mean, yeah, with intentionality, but it's really cool the the way people rallied around that. That's got to feel good. Yeah, it definitely did. And what was awesome about it was everything has been so positive. You know, I feel like in this day and age, it's rare that you can find something that like everybody can just like get behind and support. And um, so that was pretty incredible. And even just little kids, you know, I've, I've had fathers of, you know, soldiers reach out and be like, Oh, my little girl watched you do this. And she wants to be in the army now. So those, those are probably the coolest stories. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Katie. That's, that's really, really neat. Uh, another cool thing about this is not only did you break the record, now you've got the record, but you guys raised some funds and some awareness for the military family program and headstrong. Those are nonprofits that provide mental health services and other resources to veterans and their families. So why was that so important for you to tie that element in as well? Yeah, so EOD is one of those careers where, um, you know, everything's good until it's not good and then it's bad. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Our motto is initial success or total failure. And that hits home for a lot of us because of how small our community is. And we all all know someone going through some type of, um, you know, mental struggles. And so the fact that we were able to raise awareness and just to put it out there one more time, hey, it is okay to reach out for help. Um, that was probably one of the most important messages that we were trying to convey. Have people reached out to you since this and said, thank you for doing it? I mean, it's such a, you're right. It's such a high stress environment that you guys operate in uh, that must take a toll. Um, have folks reached out to you afterwards and, 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 and talk to you about it? Oh, yeah. And um, even just within my own unit, you know, I only have uh, 28 soldiers, so 28 guys. And, uh, you know, we do we talk about it frequently. We we're constantly doing, you know, memorial workouts. We have um, our annual EOD memorial where um, every fallen soldier since 9-11 in the EOD career field, Army, Navy, um, Air Force, we're all and Marines are all on a wall down in Eagle, Florida. And uh, just having that sense of community and making sure that everybody knows that we're all there for each other. Um, and it's okay to talk about um, that. That message is conveyed quite a bit. So it was pretty incredible that that's what we got to get behind for this event. Yeah, that is really, really cool. No, on behalf of our listeners, uh, all of us here at Pick Up the Six, Kay, we're so thankful for all that you do for our country, all that you continue to do uh, for your fellow soldiers as well that are part of those units. Thank you so much. Uh, guys, if you are waking up in the morning and you're like, man, I don't really feel like working out, uh, go to Katie's Instagram page and she will get you motivated in a hot second to get your butt moving. Uh, so Katie, just how important for you is just fitness? I know it's such a big part of your life, but why is it such a, just an integral piece to your real kind of strength of purpose? You know, I, I love being able to, I know this probably sounds corny, but lead from the front. Um, and I wouldn't feel like I'm doing my job or doing the best that I can do if I wasn't being able to do that. Um, not only is it a great Uh, you know, sense of community as far as, you know, being part of the gym and a fitness crew, but just being able to release stress and, you know, feel good about yourself and everything that you're doing. uh, You know, it, I, I don't know where I'd be without fitness in my life. So. All right. So what are you going to crush next? What's next for Captain Katie Hernandez? 
So uh, I got my sights set on an Ironman. So once I head down to Miami, I'm PCSing there in July. Um, I'm going to pick that back up. So. All right. So a swim, a bike and a run full Ironman distance. Yep. Yep. That's the plan. Okay. All right. Good luck on that. We know if uh, your track record is consistent, that thing won't stand a chance against you as you get ready for it. She ran one mile in an 80 plus pound bomb suit in 10 minutes and 23 seconds broke the record by well over almost 40 seconds. Captain Katie Hernandez, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story with us. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate you all. She's Katie Hernandez. I'm Brian Jodas. This has been pick up the six podcast.